0: It's, um, this particular weekend I've always found that it's what's a difficult weekend as a pastor to know what to preach even when I had my own church because is it Thanksgiving or is it Christmas time it's, Thanksgiving is certainly behind us but it's it's Thanksgiving weekend, and it's the restaurants and the stores are playing Christmas music, and the uh, Christmas is already in the air. We're thinking about what presents that we're going to buy other people, and uh, some, what presents we might receive too. But so I. I kind of combined the thoughts in my sermon today between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And part of that is uh, showing gratitude to, to the Lord for all that he is to us. And do we have a reason to celebrate the birth of Christ? I think we do. I hope soon there will be a Christmas tree here and some decorations, as uh, Sister White said, that every one of our churches should have a a Christmas tree. And uh, because when we decorate, we decorate the uh, church and we decorate our homes, we are really decorating our hearts, showing how much uh, Jesus means to us. Thanksgiving to Christmas is a a transition. And it it seems like they're they're just in the right places on the calendar. That when we have our our gratitude, our hearts are open to gratitude, then um, Christmas is what is right here in our our front view, in our windshield. And uh, forward we go. So the thought, uh, with, I know there are some who don't like us to uh, decorate the church and uh, respect their feelings too, who don't celebrate Christmas, but I want to go over the reasons that I feel that we do have for celebrating the birth of Christ. When we think of the awesomeness that it is that, that uh, the higher power came from heaven that's out beyond the universe and became one of us and had himself born into this world to fight the battle for us in the great war between Christ and Satan. Isn't that the awesome thing that our Redeemer came in such a way fight the battle for us. As we sing songs, the battle belongs to the Lord. It certainly does. When we had no way to defeat the enemy, when we had no hope, Jesus was born into this world. Now, so I'd say, where would we be without Jesus? Where would we be without uh, eternity, that we have in him. There would be no escape from this world of sin and sorrow, no promise of a new body up ahead and a new place where there's no more sickness or sorrow or death or dying. All the benefits that Jesus gives us, that he is preparing, we believe he is preparing a place for us in heaven, don't we? Yeah. That See, I like to say that Jesus does the room additions because he's, in the Jewish tradition, the bridegroom went back to the father's house and he built an addition onto the father's house. And only when the father said, okay, son, go get your bride, could the son go back and bring his bride back. And so that's why Jesus said he didn't even know when he was coming back, but only the Father. And that's what we have to look forward to. And it was also a tradition that men, being men, like to um, have some fun. They would love to come at the midnight hour. And so the bride always kept a little uh, bag packed so she'd be ready to go. And I see people here today Who are ready to go when Jesus comes again. And we can sing, he's coming in the clouds, he's coming in the same manner in which he came before and in which he left. Yes, as we prepare for Christmas, where would I be without the love of Christ, without his love when I wake up in the morning, wake up to the love of God, without his love to be able to say a prayer at night before we go to bed, without his love at midnight when we wake up from a dream and we realize that, that it was only a dream, but the reality is that Jesus is here with us, that God is with us. Now, some of the, some of the Bible stories have um, angels in them, don't they? And I want to share two angel stories with you, two things that really happened to me, because this is kind of the, the season when we get out our little angels, our Christmas angels, and we hang them up and decorate here and there. And my first angel story took place around 1990s, in the 90s, and um, God had told me in a dream, one night I prayed, God, I want to get to know you better. And God told me in a dream to go to the university and serve him. And I was frightened, but I did it. I quit my job, and I actually uh, went to the university and signed up, and I was, I was doing my best. Uh, back in those days, I knew Hilda. She, she was a member at the Moreno Valley Church. And, um, and one day I had a really hard day at the university and I came home, it was um, a half a day. I came home and uh, I was working on my computer and the Sabbath was coming, it was probably about four o'clock in the afternoon and I said to myself, well, I'm going to have to put this work away and now... Try, and, um, start work on it again after the Sabbath. And I laid down on my bed, not in the bed, but just laid back on my bed to try to re- relax and, and change my mood. And I closed my eyes for a second, and I heard a little musical sound. And I opened my eyes, and there was an angel right at the foot of my bed. And it, its wings went right up, just like you would imagine an angel to be. And there I was just a few feet, uh, five foot, nine and a half inches away from him. And, uh, and as I watched the angel, this peace, this peace just penetrated me. And, and all my worries were a million miles away. And What a way to trans- transition into the Sabbath. And But then I wondered, what next? And as I watched the angel, it went back to being a mist and to being invisible. It just, as I watched it, it transformed itself back to being invisible. And that's very important to me because my angel didn't leave me. That angel did not go back to heaven because the Bible says that every one of us has an angel right here beside us. So I didn't see the angel leave me. I know it's, he's still with me. And um, what's important is that I could, I could tell that if the angel remained visible, that I wouldn't get any of my work done, <laughs> that, uh, we, that life would not go on as it does as... Um, if the angels and all the things, all the, the heavenly beings were visible today. Even in our church, this church is full of angels. And, and uh, I'm thankful for that. Now my second angel story took place after I was a chaplain. And, uh, and I wanted to mention that Ivan here is my boss. He's the manager of all the at Seventh-day Adventist chaplains for the West Coast and Hawaii, and uh, how how far is your territory, Ivan? Guam. Guam, too, yes. And what a good guy he is. Yes, I'm so glad that Ivan, I forgot that Ivan had moved to the mountains, yes. Now, when I I started out um, in chaplaincy, I was pastoring a church over in the high desert, and I, I took some cha- chaplaincy training because the conference uh, likes us to take that training before ordination. And I didn't plan on becoming a chaplain, but I liked the training, and so I took more training and more training. I took the training to four, four quarters, about a year and a half, and my instructor there was the head chaplain at Loma Linda. His name was Jerry Davis. And, and um, we were out in his boat one day, and he, he said, Fred, I, I have something. Somebody called looking for a part-time chaplain, and I think this would be good for you. And it was a hospice agency. hospice agency, the, the patients are usually in... Um, in, a, in their own home or in the fa- home of a family or in a skilled nursing facility. And so I used to visit the patients in the San Bernardino area from Redlands to Hemet. And then the company, they also had an office in Glendale, and they had me driving to Glendale a couple of days a week and visiting patients all around the uh, Los Angeles uh, area. And, and so after a few years, I could see that the owners of that company had me training somebody to take my place. It was a friend of the family, somebody who had gone to work, to, uh, his sister had gone to school with the owner's wife. And, and I, they had me training him and it didn't feel good to be training someone to take your place. You know what I mean. And one, one morning, about the 3 o'clock in the morning, God woke me up, and he just said, Trust me. And, of course, we, we want to trust and not worry. But I was concerned about this. And so a couple, a couple weeks later, God woke me up again, and he said, if you know that I love you, why would you worry? That's a good good thought, isn't it? If we know God loves us, how could we worry? So I'd like to say that all my worrying ceased, but at least the level went down some. And then um, a few, about two more weeks passed, and at uh, this particular morning, I was awakened by a vision. And there was a whole uh, group of angels in front of me. And in harmony, you know what harmony is. In harmony, they shouted at me, good morning. <laughs> oh, what a way to wake up. And oh, to drive to Los Angeles. And I, I thought, this really is the city of angels. And so I drove around that day on cloud nine, and at the end of the day, I went back to the office and did some paperwork, and the owner called me in to his office, and he said, Chaplain, we really appreciate you stepping up to the plate when we didn't have anybody, but we don't need you anymore. And um, so as I drove away that day, at least I knew the angels had lifted me up in their hands. In those days, I was driving about 50,000 miles a year, 1,000 miles a week. And uh, that's a lot of driving, uh, a lot of wear and tear on you. So th- uh, all my driving was cut in half at that point, too, when, that, when I got laid off from that uh, position. But um, I would say a few months later, like I say, I, I pastored a church out in the high desert. And um, the church was a small church like this, so it could only pay about half pay. And that's why I, I enjoyed doing other things during the week. And so I was driving down a dirt road, taking a veteran home. He lived out in the, way out in the desert in a camper with uh, no electric and no facilities. So I was taking him home after prayer meeting and my phone rang, and it was the head chaplain at um, St. Bernardine. And i would never met him, but he said, "Fred, someone told me about you, and and I, we're wondering if you'd like to come in and talk to us about working for us." And uh, I said, "Yes, I would. I'll be in tomorrow." And and I was able to give the the old the veteran who lived out in the desert. I gave him a twenty dollars. I said. I think this is going to be a good thing. (laughs) And and so that was 10 years ago. And so it's very true that sometimes we we don't need to worry, but when God closes one door, he'll open another door for us, and the door is much better. He always has something uh, much better in store for us that we just can't see from where we are. We have to uh, wait and trust. And so I want to say that uh, the angels are very real, and uh, I'm sure some of you might have stories too. I, I hear a lot of stories about angels. But the angels actually are God's servants, aren't they? Again? And they, they announced, they, uh, they went to the shepherd boys, didn't they? And, and those poor shepherds were the first ones to hear about the child being born. The, the Christmas baby. And, um, and so there we have um, God. It's our, our maker, our redeemer, our husband, and uh, our savior. And, and we have Jesus. We really have something to celebrate. Jesus is our brother, our hope, he's our friend. Our physician, our healer, our purifier, Lord and master, teacher, good shepherd, our keeper, and he's our feeder. He supplies us with all our needs, doesn't he? Yes. Now, he also is... Our peace, and he is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus gives us such priests as, as our lesson studied this morning. We were talking about atonement being at-one-ment. And Jesus, as our peace, he makes us at one with God again. One with him, and one with God forever, forever and ever. And only Jesus can uh, lead us to eternity but some of the even greater things that Jesus is to us, if, if it hadn't been for the birth, uh, we wouldn't have the other marvelous things, the life of Christ and the redemption at the cross. And how about the, his blood and his body when we take the communion? Yes, he means so much to us. So much. He is our righteousness. Somebody mentioned this morning, Christ, our righteousness. Yes. yes. Our sanctification, our redemption. He is, uh, for sure, our all in all. And, and I wish, uh, if some of you want to come up and raise your hand and say what he is to you, just feel free to raise your hand at any time. I love the size of this church. It's, it's the right size where you're going to get a few hugs here, you know. I'm attending Loma Linda right now and it's a great church, but you don't, you don't get one hug at Loma Linda. It's the the bigger the church, the colder the colder it seems to be. But now the Lord asked Simon Peter, "Who who do you say that I am?" Yes. Yes, your refuge. I love that. He is my hiding place. Yes. Thank you for sharing. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. Jesus is my hope. Yes, our hope. We have this hope that burns within our hearts hope in the coming of the Lord. Did you raise your hand? No? Okay. (laughs) That's okay. Yes. He's, uh, in the fiery furnace right that's right. He's with us. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the most important things. It, and in John chapter 14, verse 21 and 23, Jesus said, when, when you keep my commandments, I and my Father will make our home with you. That means n- not only Jesus is coming again as, uh, to take us home, but He's with us right now in the furnace and uh, in church and when we go back home, he's there with us too. Yes, and he is the uh, son of the living God. Isn't that great that God sent his son? They called him Jesus, the only begotten of, of the Father. And if we know the story about uh, Abraham about to offer up his son as an offering and how it, it, could, it could almost make the hair on our a tingle when we read that story of Abraham ready to offer his own son, his only son but yet God is the one who really did give his son as an offering for us didn't he and all of that we celebrate If it wasn't for the incarnation, and even though December 28th isn't the day that Jesus was born, uh, we celebrate that he was born. And if it wasn't for the birth, there would be no church here. We'd be back at the synagogue. And you know, when you're a ministry student, you be you have an assignment to attend a, a few synagogue services, and when I went to the synagogue, uh, there's one synagogue on Van Buren Street in Riverside. When I went in, I saw a beautiful families, such as we have. I saw pews and and a nice building and and hymnals and. And they sing some of the songs we sing, but no Jesus. No songs about Jesus. No New Testament. No stories about Jesus. And so that's where we would be if it, if it wasn't for the birth of Christ and the life of Christ. And... Um, What's what's interesting, all these people said, Jesus asked uh, the Father, the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am pleased, right? And the Spirit, the Son of God. Gabriel, the angel, will be the Son of God. John the Baptist, this is the Son of God. John, Apostle, the Christ, the Son of God and the disciples thou art the son of god and nathanel rabbi thou art the son of god and martha said christ the son of god but not only that the unclean spirits that spoke to him they called him the son of god and and legion they said thou art the son of god most high And they addressed him in that manner. Even the demons uh, respect the name of Jesus. Yes. They know who he is, maybe more than us. But we know his love, don't we? Yes. And, And we know that he is a mighty God, everlasting God. He is the true God, Savior, God of the whole earth and more, God of the universe. And Jesus, the little baby that was born, he's also our creator. That The Bible says, through him all things were made. It's like an artist, painting himself into a picture that he was painting. God had himself born into our world, and that certainly is worthy of our praise. Now, there were some I am statements that Jesus made. He said, verily, verily, Before Abraham was, I am. Isn't that amazing? And he said, I am, um, I'll be lifted up. Some of the the other additional benefits of... um, Christ, they're more numerous than the stars but some of them are that we are complete in him and we're incomplete without him now I know some people have a childhood a childhood conversion and some of us have a midlife conversion and some of us have a more of a last latter in life conversion, and and when we finally meet Jesus, he fills a place in us that nothing else could ever fill, a place in our hearts, and when people don't know Jesus, they'll continue to keep searching and searching and searching, and, and they find that no matter what they have, they thought it would bring them peace, but it doesn't because they need Jesus in their hearts. Through Jesus, we're free from the law of sin and death. And we, we keep the law because we, we love him. Through Jesus, um, we have the mind of Christ. The Bible tells us we have the mind of Christ. Could you imagine the great loss if we didn't have Jesus? we have a one living in us that's greater than he who is in the world. He who is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And we have received the gift of righteousness and by the life of Jesus Christ through his life, that baby. We received also wisdom We received wisdom, and I certainly appreciate when Jesus, speaking to the the religious people of his day, they didn't recognize who he was, and he told them, um, one greater than Solomon is standing here with you now. And certainly Solomon had some wisdom, but nothing compared to Jesus. And that same Jesus is... Just as much here with us, except we do see him. We do worship him. Yes. And through Jesus, we're able to put off the old man and put on the new man. Um, I, I hope that's not, that maybe there's a better way to say that. But through Jesus, we've been given a good measure, pressed down firmly. Yes. Through Christ, and I'm looking at you, Jesus said that all of you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. and Through Christ, because you have Christ in you. Yes. That little baby. Through him, we're forgiven of our sins, washed in the blood. We're delivered from the power of darkness translated into God's kingdom. We're redeemed from the curse of sin and sickness and poverty. We're firmly rooted, built up, and established in our faith through that little baby. And so we certainly have a good reason to be thankful at Thanksgiving and to be thankful... 52 weeks after Thanksgiving. And um, we walk in gratitude because, because we re- are truly are the children of God. We're his workmanship, created in Christ unto good works. We're new creation. We are a new creation. And the promise from the Old Testament where God said, I have a... I have good things uh, in store for you. That was Christ and all that we can be in Christ, including to know his love today and eternal life forever. We're joint heirs with Christ. The Bible tells us, I have a Bible verse for every one of these, more than conquerors through him who loves us. We're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, We're partakers in his divine nature, ambassadors for Christ. And that's why we should be the happiest people on earth. Yes. The happiest people on earth, right here before my eyes, because Christ has done all this for you. So I say it's a time to start decorating at home, in the church, at work. Uh, wherever we are because we have uh, a lot to be thankful for and a lot to celebrate the, the life of Christ that, that every year. We also, being ambassadors for Christ, we need to continue to tell the story. And uh, if we don't continue to celebrate Christmas, who's going to tell the Christmas story? Yes. Yeah. So don't let anybody put your lamp out. Shine for Jesus. Shine for Jesus. And we when we decorate our homes we're decorating our hearts. That's my sermon for today.